Hi, you're listening to Chris and Shaz in the Mother of All Roles podcast. Two real mums talking about real issues in an attempt to make the ordinary extraordinary. Remember to like, love and share this podcast if you think it's as amazing as we think it is. (laughs) Can you say that? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, Shaz. And of course, if you absolutely love one of our episodes or all of them, pop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. It's super easy. It really helps us to know how we are connecting with our audience. And of course, we want to keep bringing you the best content possible. Okay, Chris. So last month we spoke about clutter clearing, hearth and soul. And while we said we wanted to keep it light and breezy, just like an opened window in a freshly decluttered room, we went deep again. And I think today will be no exception. So as we've been saying, you'll never just get the surface stuff from us. We want our listeners to integrate what we're saying and, and to make those lasting positive changes in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. So today's topic it's, is all about goals. We tackle the repeated story of switching off our goals for the 60 days in the lead up to Christmas. You know, we've called it losing sight of our goals in the Christmas rush. It's not too late. 60 days, when you say it like that, it's pretty confronting. Yeah, That's not sure. long. absolutely. Um, you know, and we are going deep on this today, guys, but let's remind our listeners who we are firstly, and I'll kick off by introducing you, Shaz. So Sharon Halliday is an author, columnist, Reiki practitioner, angel intuitive, copywriter, speaker, and mother to Leo 9 and Eva 6. Sharon's passion is to help other parents create something that resembles a work-life balance. Sharon's book, Messages from the Heart, 39 Answers to Your Life Questions, is based on her advice column, Ask Sharon, and answers questions about health and well-being, relationships, money, work, and happiness. We've decided that each month will include a new point into our introductions. So this month, what we discover about Shaz uh, is that she has studied around eight, uh, around 100, 800 could be right too, but 100 resources, <laughs> that's a lot, um, books and audios uh, on the subject of goal setting and intentions. This is a topic she feels very passionate about, so she weaves it into her writing and her workshops. I am so looking forward to getting her take on this area that can be elusive or just misunderstood for many people. Thanks, Chris. Um, you know, that's right. About 100 resources in all that I've, uh, like, focused on in, in my career. But I'd love – I might reach for that 800 one day. That's definitely a good goal. So we hope to alleviate some of, I guess, the confusion around um, goal setting today. But now I'm going to remind you who my co-host is. So Chris Evans is a wife and mum to two gorgeous girls, Anna Seven and Kate Four. In 2015, Chris founded Mummy Jobs Australia, who coaches and mentors mums in gaining career confidence and advancement. She runs an incredible Facebook support group for mums and she partners with employers Australia-wide who want to actively be part of the changing landscape and culture for women in the workplace. Now, what many of you won't know about Chris is that she checks in with her own intentions daily by asking what outcomes she wants in the areas of health, career and family. Now, this intentions process has a ripple effect through her business and this is where she encourages clients to also get clear on their career direction. Mm. 
Now, before we jump into this month's very important topic of goal setting, I just want to mention a little serendipity moment that happened to me immediately after we finished recording our last episode. So as you know, we were discussing the benefits of clutter clearing and how we can have an impact on a soul level, not just a physical level. We talked about weeding our garden, which was all about letting go of toxic relationships so we could make room for new people and experiences. But the very morning that we were finished recording, I went off to a charity event. Shout out to everyone who was involved with Levi's project in Batemans Bay. Um, and at that event, they were selling um, secondhand books for like $2. And so I happened to pick up my very own copy of The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying by Marie Kondo, who we had featured on our episode that morning. And it was about tackling clutter head on. So I was super stoked because it's a book that I had a added to a wish list on an online book site and here I was getting it for $2 so I was buzzing but I will say I went home and grabbed about six books off the shelf that didn't spark joy for me anymore so that those are the books that were I guess adding to my clutter um I just had to do it wow that is such an amazing share Shaz especially after we just sort of finished talking about that and that I know that that happened just after. I just love that. Um, you know, you seem to have this manifesting thing down pat. It's so cool. And um, a little birdie told me that you've just come back from a cruise on Carnival with some mates. Let me, let us know more about that. Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit. Um, yes, I had a blast. Um, you know, what stays happens on the cruise stays on the cruise. So, <laughs> no. Shout out to my buddies who I did the trip with, Megan, Kylie and Julie. And I have to tell you, because Megan, Kylie and myself had never been on a cruise before, we were referring to ourselves as the cruise virgins. Huh. Julie, however, has been on multiple cruises. So we referred to her as our cherry popper. Kylie even made us all matching shoes to wear. And there's a picture on, of them on social media um, for anyone who wants to have a little look-see. But the whole experience was fantastic. And I guess for a mum, it was like freedom on steroids. Cool. No groceries, no cooking, no cleaning, no lunches, school lunches and drop-offs. And so from that perspective alone of only having to take care of myself, it was exactly what I needed to replenish after a huge 2019. Whoa. Wow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you embraced that trip and some much needed fun. Cruises are just fantastic. I've done a couple myself, um, you know, and it's absolutely critical to take action on doing things like this for ourselves. I know it was a big effort for you to get away, Shaz, um, but it's just so awesome that you saw it through and now you're no longer a cruise virgin. Uh, <laughs> and did you get a chance to do any like decluttering based on our challenge? Well, it's funny you should mention that because I decided to declutter my body. So I'm currently on a detox post-cruise. Um, that means, as I was talking to you earlier about no more coffee, alcohol, um, I've even cut out some red meat and dairy and, and without even really trying. And I'm in the process of figuring out which foods are working best for my digestion and which ones are adding to my toxic overload. Um, <clears throat> so that's the red meat and sugar. But this is something I've been working towards for a while. So as with anything involving your body, I urge our listeners to make sure you take all the right precautions and preparations before you're doing anything too drastic. Uh, I'll definitely keep you all posted with how it goes. Wow. Well, that actually, that's insane, but it fits perfectly with our declutter challenge because, you know, we were looking at ways to 
clear the clutter, not just from the possession um, possession perspective, but um, I have to say um, I myself have been deep in the mental clearing side of things, which is critical to today's topic of goal setting, of course, as well. So, yes, today's topic, goal setting, but we're looking at it, I guess, in a more impactful way. And, you know, now as we hit November, the talk of Christmas and the new year is in full swing. Um, So I know you've got some thoughts on this, Chris. Yeah, look, I absolutely do. Look, I love Christmas and the celebrations that go with it. And I'll go as far to say as I'm a part of a, a Facebook group called Christmas Mums, which is just all things Christmas. So it's like they some of them start like halfway through the year. It's insane. But I, I love that kind of thing too. But each year I see the same patterns repeat themselves with many people. And this has been the same thing for me too. We get to this point in the year and people almost switch off, lose sight of the rest of the year and pretty much any goals they had in place go out the window. Well, I'm guilty as charged for that because um, that's exactly what I do about this time of year and I guess up until now I've been thinking it's it's perfectly acceptable. But why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that happens? Look, I think, and for me, this has been true, uh, that if we haven't nailed something by now, then we may as well wait till we set some new goals in the new year. And Mm. this has been my life on replay for a long time. Uh, And I've decided to go against that grain this year and do something radically different. As my uh, guru, Tony, would say, you know, make a radical change. You love your, love Tony. I had to get Tony (laughs) in there today. (laughs) Um, you know, and like whatever floats your boat on that, but you know, his, his, his taglines and his, uh, just everything he says is always in my head about, right, what's next, what's next. And, you know, I'll share a bit more shortly on this, on this radical change. Um, but I'm keen to hear, I guess, your thoughts on this, Shaz. How do you approach the end of year hype? Well, as I said, I feel the same way that um, about this time of year. And although I have very clear goals and intentions throughout the year, I guess the drop-off does start to happen around now. For me, unfortunately, it's this time of year that I find myself just going through the motions. I find that my zest and enthusiasm starts to wane. Uh, And, I mean, it's, it's understandable. There's so much on at school. Then there's the social gatherings. And I suppose I fall into the trap of just getting through it. I definitely endure this time of year rather than embrace it, which I think is a little sad. Um, But I'm sure I'm not the only mum who can relate to this feeling. Yeah, that's interesting. Those words, quite powerful that you just mentioned there, like definitely endure this time of year rather than embrace embrace it. Um, And we can quite often fall into that trap with life, um, you know, as an ongoing pattern too. Um, you know, I hear mm. you on that. And I, I also believe, though, it's the whole proximity thing again. Um, I've spoken about this before. I learned a lot of, about proximity, um, power proximity with my personal development. But when we are surrounded by something that influences us in a particular way, and if we are exposed to it enough, in this case, pretty much daily, then it starts to enter our belief system. And before we know it, we too have joined everyone else. So I actually decided to surround myself in the lead up to Christmas with a really hardcore and very focused group and challenge. It's called the 75 hard. Okay. So I guess, tell us more about this because I've not heard of it. What, you know, what's involved with this and, and why will it help you and this year differently to any other that you've experienced? Well, firstly, I think we waste so many valuable days in the lead up to Christmas, living in shutdown mode. And while rest and self-care are totally important, 
we've also got to make the most of our time on this planet, right? Um, I mean, between now and Christmas, we have 60 days uh, times that by 10 years and that equates to 600 days. So that's almost two years that we could be spending in shutdown mode over that 10-year period. Pretty powerful. Wow. Like when you put it like that, it's massive. And I think that will really hit home to people because, you know, I say all the time, mums have dreams and goals too. And I suppose what your assessment of time does for us is highlight that if we put those goals and dreams on hold in favour of Christmas every year, we are missing out on valuable time to pursue the things that are important to us. You know, and I'm, I'm not about to become the next Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Maybe this conversation, though, presents an opportunity to reflect on how much we actually put into Christmas and assess whether all of what we do is really, do, dare I say it, necessary. I mean, especially if it's at the cost of our, our personal goals. I mean, maybe we can look at pulling back a little to make our lives easier and, and simpler. I don't know, call me batshit crazy, but this is what I'm getting out of what you're saying with this time factor. Yeah, I, I don't think you're crazy, Shaz. Well, maybe sometimes, but <laughs> that is a good way of looking at it. You know, um, we just have to be so purposeful with how we spend our time, you know, and I've had times where I haven't been that as purposeful as I probably should have or could have. Um, and because, you know, as we've said before, life is short. Life is precious and it's about living it now. And we, we get those taglines a lot, but it's, it's true. It's, it's as simple as that. It's black and white. So back to the challenge. A guy, um, this 75 hard challenge, of course. So a guy um, by the name of Andy Frizzella created it. Um, it's a challenge for your physical and mental grit and it takes 75 days to complete. Then there's a phase one, two, three after it as well. But I'm on, on the first part. It's actually a, a mental challenge with physical benefits. So each day you must complete the rules or you have to reset to day one. Now, nobody's whoa. keeping check, hey? I'm pretty, like, whoa, that, that yeah. would, right there, that's pretty scary. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's hardcore, you know, because um, nobody is keeping check on me other than myself and that's what it's about, uh, discipline, and it's something I needed. So the rules are basically this, uh, and Google it if you, you know, for those out there, for our listeners, if you're keen on it, just Google it. But two times 45-minute workouts, they've got to be separate, uh, and that's each day. One must be outside, rain, howl, snow, storm, whatever, uh, no excuses. And then you've got to drink a gallon of water, which is about 3.5 litres, a little bit more, Sticking to a diet um, or eating plan of your choice. I've, um, I'm just eating really healthy food and I've cut bread. Uh, and, of course, no alcohol and you must read 10 physical pages of a self-development book each day and so, like, not on an iPad or anything, actual physical book and take a progress pick. Um, progress oh, pick is fine wow. because, you know, some people just don't like taking pictures of themselves, so I guess it's part of the challenge too. Mm. That's pretty intense, you know, like um, there's a lot involved there, but obviously he's laid it out that way for a reason. And as you said, it's a mental challenge. I can definitely see why it's mentally challenging. And look, I guess by my calculations, that'll take you right up until Christmas. So what what day did, are you on now? Um, and, and you said that we can find more about it by just Googling 75 hard. 
<laughs> yeah, well, it is hardcore and uh, I'll actually finish just before New Year's. I think around 30th of December, I haven't quite calculated. Um, but right now I'm on day 21. Uh, but the further you go, the more you rewarded you feel. And if people, like I say, want more detail on the challenge, um, on the Search 75 Hard Challenge and lots of info will pop up. Uh, I'm also part of a free Facebook support group too, which is is insane. They will, uh, you know, you, you're part of it, but they're very serious. So although it's free, mm -hmm. it's, it's quite a committed group. Speaking mm -hmm. um, of putting our lives on hold over this period, I've had some um, I've had some interesting chats with different people about how I'm doing the challenge. So I've been talking about it, obviously putting it out there. And uh, the one main comment that keeps coming up, which is interesting, is that um, why did why did you decide or why did I decide to do this heading into Christmas? And mm, that's a fair question. Like, yeah, they're like, you're crazy. You know, we're just about to have Christmas, party period, all of that. I said, well, you know, what I respond to them is that I'm living my life now and I think that's a really big one for our listeners to take away. You know, we can choose a date to start something in the future, uh, but we all know that it may never be guaranteed. Um, you know, like I've got a lot of people I work with on the job front and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to hang in this crappy job, you know, for another couple of months and then I'll change. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. what, a, what a waste really. And so... Yeah. I actually started this challenge on a Friday, not a Monday. You know, I just shifted that whole psychology process there. I just was like, no, I'm starting it on a Friday. Yeah. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And um, I guess it's like in the lead up to Christmas, it gives us this good excuse to put our lives and goals on hold. Um, and, and, you know, by continuing to do this, we could be missing out on so many other awesome opportunities, as you've pointed out. Like something that's standing out to me is that with your recent challenge is that I guess there's all these other things I suppose you could have been doing instead or things that you might have been doing before. So, and obviously this challenge has taken time to complete each day. So can you let our listeners know what you were doing before or what you've had to give up to allocate that time to the challenge? Yeah, sure, Shaz. Look, it's it's interesting because a friend actually asked me how I fit it in. You know, how do I find the time? And my response was pretty straight and it was this, I make the time and I get it done, uh, which are big taglines in the challenge group. Uh, before this, I was making excuses like, you know, it's been a long day, throwing a meltdown, too tired. Uh, I was sure. also sleeping in longer, not taking the day on early enough. And I'm now out of bed by 6, uh, 6 a.m., um, my, make sure I get my first 45 minute outside done in the morning. And the second one's usually with the kids in the afternoon, which they love, or, you know, worst case scenario after bedtime at eight, nine, nine o'clock at night, I'm there in front of my walking video on YouTube. Shout out to my wow. walk, walking lady. Um, but it's awesome. And I throw some weights in there as well. And, you know, I had a disc injury last year, which I know some of our listeners know about. Um, my L5S1 sort of compressed and I had a cytica, numb foot kind of thing. And I'm still getting through that. But prior to this challenge, I was really struggling to get out of bed. I'd have pain in the morning and now I'm up out straight out of bed, no pain. So that has been a big shift. Amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Um, and my 10 pages of reading is done whilst putting the kids to bed. Um, and I do stretching during that time too. And look, one more thing I wanted to add in there while, while we're just on that, the, the changes. So um, instead of having my wine at night, I'm reading my book. 
and that's a big mm. change. My five-year-old, so Kate, um, you know, the other day was on a ride at the shops and I just had this moment of I just wanted to pick her up and put her over my shoulder and carry her to the car. Now, I wasn't able to do that 21 days ago. I now can. Wow. And, you know, the joy on her face, she's like, are you going to carry me all the way to the car? And I said, yeah, let's go, you know, and it was just cool. Like it was just, that's why. That is I cool yeah. So, so many benefits, mental challenge, but obviously just so many ripple effects. Yeah, no, it's worth it then. But, you know, I guess what I'm hearing is that it's about making better use of your time is what you're saying, swapping some things out and looking at it a bit differently. So yeah, would that's you say exactly that's, right. the, that's what's happening? Yeah, but like I say, you know, it's also a mental challenge. Uh, there's a strong contingent of mindset involved, so I make it happen now no matter what. So there are no excuses and I'm not prepared to reset to day one. I, I'm not prepared to start yeah. again. So, well, I guess that's the mo- that's the motivation right there, isn't it? You know, yeah. um, that not giving up because there's a that deadline and and that I guess the consequence. There's a consequence of um, missing a day. And look, that's on me. It's not on anyone else. I mean, if I stopped, <coughs> excuse me, if I stopped today, like no one else is going to care. Like, you know, they'd be like, oh well, you got this far, Chris. Well done, whatever. Right. It's on but, me. But you know. I know. Yeah, and it's important. It's important to me. And I guess that's the thing. Your goals have to be important to you. Um, but like this week, mm. I've been tired and I'm on the verge of maybe getting sick. You can probably hear it a little bit in my voice on this podcast today, but there was no excuses. We need to get on. We needed to get this out there. Um, but I've pushed it to the side and I've got on with it. So, Shad, yeah. I, I think what would be great to talk about next is how you set your goals in your life. And I know you've done a lot of work with people in this space. Yeah, well, um, that's right. I have locked, worked with a few people and noticed that, um, you know, when they come to me, many of them already know this smart formula to guide them how to set goals. <coughs> so these people know their goals need to be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and timely. But are they doing it? Are they actually carrying out the process or putting in the action and the effort required? It's like they've studied for the test, but they haven't yet taken the test. They've got all this theory, but they haven't put it into practice. Oh, yeah. I, I know this is something I can, can counter, uh, encounter a lot with my clients too, that, um, that part, yeah, the theory but not actually having taken the test. That's, that's so true. Right. So, that, so they know about goals, right? Um, and when I started looking into it deeper and why this was the case, I came up with two reasons. The first one was that they don't actually believe that the goal setting will work. Because if they knew that what they could actually achieve with some clear goal setting, they'd be doing it. But because they haven't necessarily experienced the sensation of setting a goal, going after it, and then achieving it, it seems to stay as this future concept. It's lofty. So they can't relate to how much better their life could be with the goal. Um, So they continue on their path doing what they've always done, getting the same results. And I guess the bottom line is they settle for mediocre. Yeah, I'm not a fan of mediocre, that's for sure. Uh, same, same. You know, and we've talked about this a lot. It's something that you and I know that you have to work at if you don't want mediocre. So mm. one of the, th- the key things that helps me is teaching clients in a way that makes them comprehend how, these, how their goals can have a dramatic impact on their life. Now, if they don't get that, they won't be willing to make the effort that's required to achieve those goals. 
Now, one of my favorite mentors, Kirik Ashley, shout out to Kirik and Erin. Mm-hmm. He, he focuses on, woo, he focuses on why goal setting is so important by sharing information about a study done at Yale University in the 1950s, where there was a group asked to write down their goals for the year. 3% of them said they did it. Those people who wrote down their goals were studied for the next 20 years. Wow. And it was found that the 3% who wrote down their goals were worth more financially than the other 97% of the class combined. So Curie goes on to say that the minority gets the results that the majority doesn't get because the minority is willing to do just a little bit more than the majority, unquote. It's Mm. really worth thinking about that um, in those terms, you know. Gosh, that's very, very deep. And 20 years, you know, when you put it like that, um, and such a long uh, defined study as well, you know, we can see why there is such a divide between the haves and the haves not, have nots, uh, between those that are kicking goals and, you know, those who aren't and those that are, you know, choosing well, uh, as, as Tony says it, you know, that life of pain as opposed to the life of pleasure. Sure, that's right. And, you know, life without goals to me is like being a ship at sea with no compass. You're mm. at the mercy of the ocean and its conditions so you have having no goals means you're at the mercy of life's changing conditions and circumstances. This is, you know, other people and their agendas, other people's schedules. It's like you're not in control and you're also not moving closer to where you want to be. Oh, this makes so much sense to me right now. I love that analogy of the ship at sea. It's awesome. Whatever floats your boat, Chris. Nice one, Chad. Now, I guess getting back to the second reason why people don't achieve their goals is because they haven't yet identified the motivation behind the goal. So they haven't identified their why. So it doesn't sustain them through the process. It's the why has to be strong enough. Otherwise it won't see you through when it comes to setting goals. Your compass is what I refer to as holistic joy. So before we even put pen to paper to write down those goals, there's a step before this that I think is often overlooked and that's what I call the daydreaming session where you get to assess if that goal is even right for you let's say your goal is to have a bigger home but if you haven't really looked into what that will mean in reality now you've got a bigger house to clean to ensure you've got higher rates that it comes with it a whole other set of I guess responsibilities Um, so suddenly the joy that you may have initially envisaged from reaching that goal doesn't match the reality and is it really the joy that you're looking for? So now I don't want to deter anyone from their big dream goals. Um, But my aim is for our listeners to really tune in and to see if that's what they really want. And that compass, you know, will it bring you holistic joy? Will waking up in that big house every morning bring you the joy and happiness that you are actually searching for? Now, if you can answer yes, then you go for it. But if it's a no, then maybe you need to refine that goal. Maybe what you want is a different type of home, by the beach or in nature. You might want to be surrounded by beautiful things that makes you feel bliss. Now you're starting to get specific and it's relevant to you. So is that making sense, do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think I I can relate this to working out and, and actually getting healthier. You know, to say, um, you know, you want to lose weight is not a strong enough goal. Right. You've got to go further to identify what it is about, say, losing the weight that will bring you the joy. Will it be how you look and feel in your clothes? Will it be uh, 
being able to spend time with your kids without being out of breath, like your example of carrying your daughter to the car, yeah. um, is what's your what's your why and your motivation? Is feeling strong enough in your body enough of a motivation? Because this is a very personal journey that we're talking about, but people have to do that, I guess, assessment for themselves. Yeah, it certainly is. It, it is that personal journey, and and that's. I think that's what the whole point of setting of goals, setting goals is um, they only have to be relevant to you and it's got to be important in your life and they don't need to be justified. Uh, you know, you, you just have to own them. No one else has to own them and you don't need to live up to anyone else's standards. It's what's important to you. I'm so glad you mentioned that bit about the justification because, um, you know, I think of it in this way. Each time you feel like you have to justify your goals, you're diluting them. It's mm -hmm. diluting the power behind them and what you're able to achieve. So, you know, one more thing I want to add here is that in my experience, when you set a goal or intention, you begin to be attracted to the actions and behaviours that you need to take to reach that goal. That I'm very firm on how that all works. There's a bit of science behind it, but and I won't go into that now. But so what I'm saying is when you set that goal, you're automatically starting to be drawn to experiences and behaviours that will help you reach that goal. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, where focus flows, energy, where, where energy goes, focus flows. Like, you know, that, that right. whole, whole tagline, right? You know, and here's the thing for our mums out there who are struggling at this end of the year. Yes, you may be tired. I feel you, I hear you and exhausted. But the time between now and Christmas is truly so valuable and just as important as any other time of the year. So I put it to you, why wait until the 1st of, Jan 1st of January 2020? There, I said it, 1st of January 2020, why wait to set your goals? What is stopping you from starting now and continuing those goals in 2020? Nothing. That's what I say. Nothing's stopping you. Um, you know, I have this post-it note on my wall that states, no one can stop me but me. And I guess just a quick side note. Um, I often get asked about this intentions versus goal setting idea. And look, maybe we'll do another topic on that down the track. Yeah. If, if that's cool. Yeah, sure. Good one, Shaz. Absolutely. But, you know, while there's a lot of uh, information out there already on intentions and, and goals, I like to think of it in this way. So very simply, Goals are something you achieve. Think along the lines of you're making something, increasing something, reducing or saving something, improving or even developing something or someone. Um, so it's along those ideas. But whereas intentions are your expectations. So it's this unwavering <coughs> belief that something will eventuate by believing it is already so. That is that it is already a part of your experience. So you can have intentions about another person. Like you can attract a person into your life by believing you will cross paths with someone who has a list of qualities you're seeking. But similarly, you can intend to see those qualities in your existing partner. Now, this has worked for me. So instead of focusing on, for example, the rubbish that's been not been taken out, I know people can relate to that. Yeah. Um, maybe you start to see, uh, intend to see all the positive qualities that are already there. So in my hubby's case, I'm reminded daily by how good a daddy is how attentive he is with the kids and their activities, you know, reading, having fun, how caring um, he is. And so this takes the focus of some of, off some of the other things that might not be as glowing sometimes. We're, we've all got things like that where um, 
you know, we could improve on, let's just say. But truth be told, he's actually great at the rubbish now. Um, I don't even have to think about it. And, um, you know, I must have at some point put that on my intentions list that that was going to be something I see that happens. So, um, but I do have to give him huge props for the effort he put in with the kids in the house while I was away on the cruise for four nights. So, um, you know, I went off there on a tangent, I'm sorry, but I'm sure our listeners will understand what I'm talking about. Um, so intentions are powerful people. That's what I'm getting yeah, at. Definitely. It's such an important part because they connect in and look, it's great that you're acknowledging his efforts and, and that's, that's a, a great simple way of thinking about goals versus intentions. You know, we can definitely do more on that in another episode, I'm sure. And I guess um, it's it's that time now uh, where we're about to wrap up with our challenge. Uh, what do we want our listeners to work on this month? Okay, so based on everything we've been talking about today, there's two parts to this challenge. Part one is for our listeners to come up with a visual or mantra or action that when they are finding themselves going through the motions or just getting through until Christmas or just getting through the day even, um, that they have something that will jolt them out of this. So, for example, when I catch myself engaging in some negative dialogue, I visualise a stop sign. And this generally is enough to stop me in my chat tracks and snap me out of it. Yeah, so that's awesome. Like maybe an action in response to feeling like you're grinding out your days until Christmas would be to do something that's radically different to what you're doing right now. Like, so for example, if you're exhausted and sitting at home on the couch in front of Netflix or, or whatever, uh, and you have those elements of frustration popping up, like you should be doing something or you just mm. have, can't be bothered or you're feeling in a slump, then do something radically different. Like go outside and walk for five to 10 minutes. Like just get up and just go and do it. Uh, don't think about it because you start to think about it, you're going to start to create excuses, right? Um, mm. Or even put some loud music um, that motivates you on and do a crazy dance with your kids. Trust me, it works and they absolutely love it too. Um, otherwise, may um, others might uh, enjoy doing something like getting their hair done or something. Yeah, so some self-care. You know, um, for me, uh, well, I guess I actually have two things. Depending on the time, um, I love a bath or a shower. And then there's also making my cup of favourite um, herbal tea and sitting with a book, just doing nothing for 15 minutes. So for me, that's my currency to kind of snap me out of that, um, a bit of a funk if I feel like I'm going into a bit of a funk. So, Yeah, they're great suggestions. Um, I also love a good salt bath, going and doing a float. They are just amazing. Um, and maybe a nice treat at this time of the year as well. Um, a mantra might also be uh, the only time is now or um, another one that I love is if not now, when. Yeah, that's really powerful. I like to use that one as well, if not now, when, because it just gives you that time focus back. Um, but, you know, it's really just about picking something that will jolt you back into realising, um, as Chris said at the top, that this is your time and it all adds up. We can't fall into the trap of thinking, you know, I'll start that tomorrow or next Monday or on the 1st of January. I mean, how many times have we done this already? And I ask you, has anything changed? Yeah, look, great question. Absolutely. And it is, it's time to do things differently. And don't wait until next year. Use the time you have now. Uh, and from my reading uh, with my 75 Hard Challenge, I'm almost through my first book, which is so exciting. Uh, it's High Performance <laughs> Habits by Brendan Brichard. I know you've got this one too, Shaz. Yeah, um, and, you know, I'll leave you with a quote from him. No matter your position, circumstances or opportunities in life, 
you always have the freedom of mind to choose how you experience, interpret, and ultimately shape your world. So on that note, this has been Chris and Shaz in the Mother of All Roles podcast, two real mums talking about real issues in an attempt to make the ordinary extraordinary. Remember to like, love, share, and we will catch you next month. Bye. See you then.